And that's what we're going to be looking at today. And uh, as you do, listen carefully to the words that are being sung in this story.
the story of Abraham and Sarah in the uh, Old Testament. It's talked about in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11. And you can get your Bibles and your sermon notes out, but today in, in Hebrews chapter 11, for this part, I'm going to read out of the Message Bible so you can see it on the screen behind me. It says, By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in a country promised to him, lived as a stranger camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on the unseen city with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. By faith, barren Sarah was able to become pregnant, old woman as she was at the time, because she believed the one who made the promise would do what he said. That's how it happened, that from one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now a people numbering into the millions. And that song that we just heard, the, the lyrics just spoke to me as I watched this DVD that has all the, the songs and stories from uh, the story Bible that you're reading, and it, it says this, Who but you would ever choose to dream your dream in me? Who but you, God, would dare me to believe what I can't see? That idea that God has a dream for you that only He could have, that is so far beyond what we could see. And in the lyrics of the song, we see the, the, the Abraham saying, it's too little, it's too late. You know, he's saying there that, that, you know, I see a star, but you see a galaxy. I just see me, but you see everything. And, and when Abraham is 75 years old, He's called to leave the home that he grew up in, that he was successful in, the only place he had ever known where his family was from, and so he's called to leave and go at 75 years old. He's promised that he would be a great nation, even though he didn't have any children, and it's not until he's 100 that he experiences that promise. And so Abraham is an old man, and Sarah is along with him for this journey, and you think about their lives, and and you are mar- I mean, we marvel at them in the book of Hebrews by their faith. We're still talking about Abraham and Sarah thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years later because of their great faith. And you know what's interesting? And listen to me today, because you may say, well, they're very special people. No, they're like you and me. And do you know when God called them and they obeyed that they didn't know they were going to be in the Bible? You know, you think about it. They didn't know they were going to be Bible characters on a flannel graph in Sunday school someday. They had no idea that people would be telling their story this many generations later. That all the generations of the earth would be blessed through them. They had no idea. They just believed and they followed God. And God blessed them. And this is what I want you to get today. That I believe from their story, we see how God blesses us in our life. And I want you to write these words down in your sermon notes, and they're going to be on the screen as well. But I'm going to keep them up here so that I can refer to them as I go through. Because I believe this story gives us the progression and the principles that are needed to receive the blessing of God. That originally God makes a promise to Abraham. And God makes promises to us through His Word, including the blessings of Abraham to us. But God gives us promises in His Word. And then there's a seed of faith that is birthed in Abraham's heart that should be birthed in our heart. And when we have that seed of faith that's birthed in our heart as it grows, it leads to obedience. 
that we take that step of faith, that we take that action to obey what God has said. And then the result, that final result, is blessing. And this is what I call the principles of progression toward your blessing. This is just a word from the Lord in His Scripture. And I want to look at each one of these and then apply them to our life and walk as Abraham and Sarah did, faithful to the call on their life. And so we begin with the promise of God. Go to Genesis chapter 12, and you can read through Abraham's life, but it begins in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Abram departed as the Lord instructed, and Lot was with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. I want you to look at the promises that God gives Abraham that are promises for us today. The first promise is the promise of guidance, that God is going to guide you. He says, I will show you. I'll show you the land you're supposed to go to. And this is the promise of direction in our life. That God is with you. He is walking with you. He is leading you. And so God is going to be your guide. The Holy Spirit is there in your life to be your guide. That's the promise of the Lord. I will show you. I will go with you. And the second promise is the promise of greatness. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will make you famous. I will do this. And why? Because in this promise, there is a new identity. He doesn't belong to his old family. He's saying, I'm doing something brand new in you, and it's going to be so great that someday you and I are numbered with the children of Abraham, but through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Because you and I have a new identity. We are children of God through Christ and what he's done for us. And so he says, I'm going to give you a new identity. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to have you be my children. You are going to belong to me. And then the third promise he gives him there in those verses is the promise of grace. He says, I'll bless you. Not because you can do this, Abraham, because there's really nothing you can do, but I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be the one that does this. I'm going to be the one that gives you my approval, my anointing, my grace on your life. And so God goes with us in these promises. He says, I'm going to guide you. I'm going I'm to make you great. I'm going to give you my identity. And I am going to bless you. And God walked with Abraham. And we need God walking with us. I talked to the, the, the staff this week that there's one thing that should mark Christian Life Church more than ever. It's the presence of God. We have got to be known as people of the presence of God. I don't want to be known as a church that sings a good song or preaches a good message. I want the anointing power of God in this place that when you walk through the door, you say, God is here. I am meeting with Him. He is changing me. And He is making me into the person that He's called me to be. I belong to God. And that's what we need in our hearts and in our lives. And I, I told this to the staff, and, and there's a part in Exodus where Moses is about to, uh, you know, he's about to get sent out by God because God says, you know what? You just go. Yeah, I'm going to give you the promise. You just go, but I'm not going with you. I'm so fed up. I'm not going to go with you. And, and Moses pleads, and he begs in Exodus 33, verse 15, and I read this to the staff this week, but Moses says, if you don't go personally, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably upon me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? 
For your presence among, your, among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth. I don't want to go if God isn't with us. I don't want to grow and do big things. If God's not, I want God in this place. I want God in your life. I want, I want the promises of God real to us. And so we want that promise, don't we? I don't think there's anyone in here that doesn't want the promises of God in their life. We all say, man, I want that. But you know what? How many of us then take the next step to have the faith and obedience that Abraham and Sarah had? So let's talk about their faith real quickly. I mean, Abraham had faith. There's no doubt about it. He's one of those interesting Bible characters that doesn't ask God any questions. He doesn't say who, what, where, when, how much. He doesn't ask the big questions. He never seems to complain. He never says, God, you got the wrong guy. And that, to me, that's amazing. He never makes any excuses. He never says, you know, well, how, much, how long is this going to take? And, and what's, what's going to happen here? He doesn't ask any of those. He just obeys. He has faith to believe. He doesn't have a blueprint from God. He, just, he doesn't know anything about how long, how hard this is going to be. He just says, okay, God, I believe you. And here's what we learn about that kind of faith is that Abraham just listens to God. God speaks, and then Abraham has ears of faith to hear what God is saying. And that's what you need for your life. It's just to listen to what God is saying. What does He want for your life? Not what do you want for your life, but what does He want for your life? Where is He working? Where, not where are you working, and God, come bless what I'm doing, but no, God, where are you working? And I want to be in the middle of it. I believe that's happening this week at Christian Life because there was never a, a strategy meeting or a planning session where we said, you know what, we're going to really reach out to the people around us in need. We're going to really begin to do these things as a church and, and watch God birth all these different ministries that are reaching to people that the world have, have, have cast out. And yet, God births something inside of us because that's where God's working. And when you say, okay, God, I see you working. We want to get in the middle of it. There's something powerful about that. I want you to discover what is God asking you to do. His promises are true and they're with you, but what is God calling you to do? And it's not up to you to ask all the questions. It's just up to you to listen with ears of faith and then respond. And what blows me away about Abraham is that throughout his life, so much is left undone. Everything that God promises him does not come to pass, especially very quickly. I'm going to go, I'm going to show you a land, and I'm going to give you this land. Really, God? Because when Sarah dies, he doesn't even have a place to bury her. He has to beg, borrow, and plead to get that place where he can bury his wife because he doesn't own any land. He's still homeless at the end of the story. For 25 years, he's been promised a son, and, and through the mistakes and messes of their life, he still finds himself without a son until 100. And what is interesting, he just always believes. He just always believes in God, that God can make anything happen. Abraham knew he couldn't do it. There's no way that Abraham could be a conquering army and, and, and win over a piece of land. There was no way in their old age that they would have a child, but they, he knew God was able. And so he put his faith in God. And there's a telling verse in the New Testament about Abraham that I want to read to you that, that should kind of launch us into being people of faith. It's in James chapter 2, and verse 23. It says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Why was he a friend of God? Because look at the first part of the verse. Because he believed. Because he had faith. It's the people that have faith that are called the friends 
of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to believe God for big things that are so far beyond what I can do. And when we believe that, we will be called friends of God. But this leads us to where we have to obey. We have to walk in obedience. And here is the question of the day. This is it. This is the big question of the day. Are you traveling with God? Or are you inviting God to travel with you? Are you traveling with God? Or are you inviting God to travel with you? Because there's a big difference. It's not about saying, God, this is what I'm doing. Come now and bless me. But it's God, what are you doing? And I'm going to follow you. See, Abraham obeys even though he is old. Even though he has no idea where he's going. Even though there are no children in his life. Even though for 75 to 100 years they've lived in disappointment and they've never really experienced the blessings or the promises of God, yet I will still obey. I will obey when I don't have the resources to accomplish what you asked me to do, God. I will obey when I don't even feel like I have the strength to keep going. I will do whatever you ask me to do because you know what? You're not called to provide everything. You're just called to obey. You're called to obey. And when you follow God, there's no telling what He is going to do. Why don't we obey? Why don't we listen and follow? Sometimes we're just too busy. We are too busy. And we don't have enough time to let the still small voice of the Holy Spirit come in and speak to us. We get in such a hurry that we don't even have time to do that. Sometimes we are so proud, we just want to do it our way. So God, I want to do it my way. And, and, And maybe we don't say it in those words, but we act it out. Or maybe, to be honest with you, we're just flat out too comfortable. Life's good. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's good, right? So I'm too comfortable. I really don't want to obey God because that's going to really begin to stretch me. And and the big one is a lot of people think it's just too late. I'm too old. I've made too many mistakes. Or maybe some people say, I'm too young. I, I can't do this yet. Maybe someday I'll do it. I want to tell you that God doesn't ask you what your resume is. He just says, obey. He's basically, I know you don't have the qualifications. I'm asking you to obey anyway. I want us to listen to the still small voice of the Spirit and what He's calling us to do and to drop our pride and to slow down enough to hear and 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 to give up any comfortability that we have and just go after what God has for us. And that will lead to blessing in our life. And that blessing comes because we have a God who specializes in the impossible. He specializes in the impossible. I mean, there is no way on their own that Abraham and Sarah can get pregnant. And he's not even asking them to make themselves pregnant. He's just saying, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make this happen for you. And, and so God committed them, himself to their success. And what I love about it is I believe God waited that long to make it an even greater miracle. Because if it would have happened 50 years before that, It would have been like, whoa, wow, that's neat how it worked out. No, this is impossible, and then God makes it possible. See, God is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the supernatural. And I believe that's why God is waiting sometimes for us to get to the point like there is no way we can accomplish this on our own. And it's at that moment that God says, okay, this is where I show up. This is where I begin to move. 
In fact, there were times in Abraham's life where he even rejected. When somebody wanted to give him a gift, he rejected the gift because he says, I don't want anybody to say that man made me wealthy. It's God who gave me my wealth. He said, I want it to be very clear to the world watching that it is God that is blessing me. Even though he had no tools to make that happen, I'll tell you, when you obey, God will give you the tools required to the tasks that he called you to fulfill. And so you've got to get your heart open. He is the God of the impossible. Uh, a few years back, actually a couple years now, I, I preached a sermon series called God is Greater Than. God is Greater Than. And you can put anything after the greater end sign. God is greater than anything you face. The problem is, is our, I mean, you'd say, yeah, I, I, I know that, Daryl, I understand. But the problem is, is that there's so much stress and worry in our life that I don't know that we really believe this. And I want you to ask yourself very seriously every day, is God greater than what I'm facing? Is God greater than that habit or addiction that has me held? Is God greater than the problems in my marriage? Is God greater than what's going on in my teenager's life? Is God greater than what I'm going through at work? Is God stronger than my enemies? And when you ask yourself that question, you say, yes, God is greater. God is stronger. He is able. He is calling us today to, to, to believe in the supernatural power of God that He specializes in the impossible and it becomes our identity in Him. Again, remember the blessings that He gives us. That guidance. He is with us, guiding us each step. That He is blessing us. That He is, that he is giving us His grace and, and greatness and all of those things. And what I love about this story, and listen to me this today, is this is so important, is that Abraham and Sarah were very blessed in their life. Very, very blessed. But it wasn't about Abraham and Sarah. It was far beyond them. It was to their children and their children's children through all the generations, through thousands of years until today, that we still celebrate the, 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 what God did through them, through Christ coming and all of those things, those blessings. I want to tell you, when God blesses you, He's not just blessing you. He's blessing everybody around you. And He may even be blessing future generations. This week, God is blessing our church by allowing us to do this, but I'm going to tell you, it's blessing far beyond us. And again, it is not for our glory, it is for Him, but He says, you know what, I'm going to make you great. I'm going to do it through you. I'm going to do it when you don't think you have the resources or the ability or the strength. I'm going to do it through you. They had no idea how many people would be blessed through them. And to this day, we're still being blessed. You have no idea how God is blessing the world around you through you. Yes, He's going to bless you, but it's really not about you. It's not about you. It's about so much more than you. And so as we kind of bring this in today, I want to challenge you and ask you some questions. Here's the bottom line is that we can believe this as a church. I can believe this as a pastor, but this has got to be right here. This has got to be personal for you. This has got to be personal for you. It's got to be real for you. Your faith must be your own. This is important because inside the story, Sarah has to discover her own faith. It couldn't just be the faith of Abraham. She had to have faith as well in the promises of God. Because chances are you will never get a miracle off someone else's faith. It's about you and you believing God and obeying God, having faith in Him to see His blessings. 
I want to encourage you to make that faith your very own. Make it genuine for yourself. Because when faith is genuine in you, and that obedience is on your, on your part, that's when the blessing comes. That's when the God of the impossible shows up. But it's got to be you. It's got to be you. And so you ask yourself, on a scale of 1 to 10, how strong is my personal level of faith? Do I believe that God is the God of the impossible? And not just in other people's lives, but in my life. Do I believe that God's promises are true for me? Am I willing to act in obedience when it looks impossible? Ask yourself those questions. We um, get invited to sporting events every now and then by people in the church. Some people have season tickets here and there, and so they give our family, or they're blessed at work, and so they give us. And, and so I got three great seats to a Bulls game. Actually, four, so I could, take, uh, I could take all the boys. I was really excited. And they were like the coolest tickets in the world, too, you know, like those big tickets that are really cool. And when I got them, the boys wanted their ticket. Dad, I want my ticket now. And I'm like, no, you're not going to get it now because that thing, you're going to try to show it off at school or to your friend. You're going to lose the ticket, and then we can't go. So, no, you can't have your ticket now. No, you can't have your ticket. Come on, Dad. I'm like, no, no, I will give you the ticket when you need the ticket. So the day of the game comes, it comes, it's like, Dad, today's the day. Come on, let me have my ticket today. Can I have my ticket today? No, son, you can't have your ticket today. We're getting in the car after school and ready to go to the game. Dad, I can have my ticket now. Now we're on the way to the game. Give me my ticket now. It's like, no, I'm not giving your ticket now. Do you know your kids like roll down windows and put things out? And so, like, I, I, you're not getting your ticket today. You're not getting your ticket today. Right now. And so we get out of the car, we're walking to the parking lot, come on, Dad, now, we are walking toward the stadium right now, give me my ticket. No, I'm not giving you your ticket now. And I I remember three times I go, when, Dad, when, when are you giving me my ticket? And my response was, I will give your ticket exactly when you need your ticket. And that's the God that we serve. And we should have enough faith in our Heavenly Father. Was I going to deprive any one of those boys to the blessing of going to that game? No. And here's the thing. What if they said, Dad, I'm not getting in that car until you give me that ticket. I'm not going. I'd be like, fine. I'll sell it and make some money. I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, if you don't want to get in the car. Or what if we get there and we're about to walk and it's like, Dad, I am... I'm not getting out of this car until you give me a ticket. It's like, well, roll the windows down so you have some air because I'm going in <laughs> to the game. You know, uh, you know, just that all, you know what? They had faith and they believed and they obeyed knowing that at just the right time, I would come through. Right before they walked in to their destiny, I would hand them that ticket. That's the type of faith you need with God. And it is not too late and you are not too far. Abraham and Sarah made a bunch of mistakes, and some of them very, very big, and yet God's grace was bigger. They even laughed at God a couple times. Abraham laughed while he was worshiping God, and God still had grace. I want to tell you today that God is calling you. He is saying, I want you to do great things. I have, this, I have so many promises in my word for you. Do you believe me? Are you going to obey and believe that I'm going to show up?
Don't try it on your own. Just do what God tells you to do. His grace, His commitment, His love. It is so big, He's going to be with you every step of the journey. So my prayer for you today is this. That there would be a seed of faith planted in your heart as we go into worship right now. And that seed of faith would get planted in good ground. And that it would begin to grow. And I'm going to pray that as it grows, God gives you the confidence to believe in Him. That He gives you the boldness to step out in faith. And I'm going to pray that you experience God's blessing today. Would you stand with me and bow your heads and your hearts? And I want to pray with you this morning. And let's just prepare our hearts to just go back into a few minutes of worship together today. Singing, give me faith. But I believe that today it's going to be real for you and personal for you. God has so much for you. I want you to get a hold of this progression that's found in His Word for our life to move us toward blessing. God, I just pray right now the words I just spoke. I pray that a seed of faith would be planted in each of our hearts that would find good ground and that it would begin to grow. God, I pray for courage to have faith. Courage to to believe, God, what You say in Your Word to believe that Your promises of of, of guidance and greatness and grace are for us today. And Lord, I'm going to pray for that boldness and that strength to obey and to follow You even when it seems impossible. And God, I pray that we would experience Your blessing, that You would show up at the right time in our life. And God, may it not just be for our greatness, but may it be for Your glory. And may you touch many, many, many others for generations through us, God. Lord, today, give us faith.